looking eyeball to eyeball with a good-sized uh, deer, you know, good size, very good size. So my wife, the champ, went left, and as you, some people may know, the deer kind of moved to the left with us, and she kind of came back right, and deer kind of moved with us on that too, and next thing you know, he took the best charge I've ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Offensive Thoughts. I am Coach Gene Clemens. I'm here with Coach Witt, Witt LeJour, head basketball coach at Bridgeton Academy for what seems like a million years now. Um, coach Witt, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. It does, every once in a while, it feels like a million years, but uh, when the wind's behind your back, it feels like only a day. So, doing pretty well today. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, ladies and gentlemen out here, this is podcast number one of um, offensive thoughts and we'll be bringing these to you every week once a week on on monday nights um probably get those out to you either monday night or tuesday morning so make sure that you're looking anywhere that you find a podcast um for that obviously you can follow um coach wit at is it is it at wit Lejour or is it at yeah it is at uh it's at wit Lejour. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing like a, you know, whatever, like a BA hoops or something in there. But there's BA hoops too. But um, you know, as you can tell, I'm not the, uh, you know, I'm 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 probably not the hippest guy around. So we keep it simple. <laughs> that hey, I don't believe that at all. Um, you're you're extremely hip if you ask me. Um, but yeah, follow Coach Wit at Wit You can follow me at Gene Clemens, um, anywhere that you're, you're following grownups at. We, we usually tend to be on Twitter more than on some of the other spaces. However, you can obviously find me anywhere that you find any um, social media platform at Gene Clemens. Obviously, um, follow the um, YouTube channel at Gene Clemens, and definitely make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you know when they're dropping once a week. Coach Witt, it has been a great start to the basketball season. If for no other reason, then it's basketball season. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what that's what we're all here for. I know that you're you you guys are are off and, and going right. Give us a give us an understanding of what's going on up at Bridgeton. Well, uh, again, we're off and running and, and happy about it. And just got done with the uh, uh, national prep. Adam Nicholson and NERR hosts every year. So that's uh, a get together of some of the nations, most of the nations, uh, top prep program. So um, we're kind of mirroring the start of uh, Division One, Two, II, and Three college basketball uh, with, with the start uh, of our own season. So uh, I don't know. I was talking to you earlier today, or somebody else uh, that suggested that you know prep school might as well be its own division these days. Like uh, you know, it's almost uh, it's neat that it's 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 become uh, so uh, what uh, so we'll say big. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, it, it's certainly uh, way different than it was a long time ago. Um, and there's a a lot of college people in the game now and you know going in both directions so uh kind of kind of neat yeah i've always i've always found it interesting because it feels as if your your feet are constantly dabbled in both worlds um you're constantly in the prep world but also into this 
you know, collegiate world at the same time, you, you don't really get an opportunity to exist solely by yourself because there's always something to be done, whether it's trying to look to the future and the guys that you're trying to get in next year or trying to make sure the guys have homes going forward. How do you how do you balance that? How do you you know, how do you enjoy it in the moment when there's always the inevitability of what's coming next? Um, all like looming on the horizon. Well, I mean, uh, you kind of said it. You, you, the best thing you can do is probably stay in the moment, right? Knowing that uh, what we do is transition our current guys to being college ready, knowing that at the same time, uh, Bridgeton, anyway, as a graduate, mostly institution is constantly, um, you know, recruiting through admissions, et cetera. So, uh, I, I like to tell people, look at, we were, we were kind of one and done before coach Cal and coach K and the rest of the <laughs> all of famers, um, were doing it. We were kind of doing it. And there are a few other people, uh, shout out to Fuma and some people that a long time ago have been in the postgraduate business, but, um, you know, that, that's kind of the deal, uh, stay in the moment and know that, yeah, um, some kids are coming and some kids are going and meanwhile we're mostly doing the best we can with what we've got absolutely and for those who are uninitiated fuma that's fork union um military academy for for those who might not know fork union hargrave um and and many other not many others but a, a few of the others who've been around for an extremely long time like bridge and academy has um who, who've yeah. been a real model pg programs um but we've seen a lot more of those programs kind of pop up um over the last few years um do you think that's a good thing that we see more of these types more of those types of programs popping up or do you does it kind of make you a little bit do you squint your eyes at them a little bit wondering exactly what the what the overall mission is when you see those programs if i am squinting my eyes it's mostly because i'm you know over 60 and so my eyes squint all by themselves but no, I, I don't, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think you can, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the judge and jury on, on what, what places are doing. Um, you know, I, I don't, the, uh, the expansion of the prep world, and we should throw in Massanutten would be the other one that was recently at this tournament this, uh, weekend. So those, I know there's more than those three too, but, um, the, the bottom line is there's a lot of good people doing it at a lot of, uh, very good schools and uh, I would say a lot of those schools whether it's New England or other parts of the country right um, there are places that maybe 20 years ago weren't pursuing athletics in quite the same way they are today I think you could say that about the college game right that whether it's at the small college level or the larger colleges there have been a lot of changes in the landscape so Institutions do what they got to do, I think. Um, so most of it's all good, right? Because at the end of the day, there's more opportunities, more kids, uh, more competition, uh, makes it uh, probably uh, definitely better for the for the college guys, particularly in my neck of the woods where you're, you're dealing with talented guys and going against talented guys. So, uh, you know, it's, it's better for them that uh, – that the schedules are, are very competitive. There's no problem putting together a, a really good schedule. 
Um, and I think what gets a little bit of airtime in the national media, or at least in pockets, is you know the idea the uh, let's just say uh, masquerading prep schools, right? Or you know, like at the NCA. 15 years ago coming around and trying to check out what are diploma mills and what aren't and some of that. So, um, you know, I think there's been an expansion of academies, not just in basketball, but in, uh, in other sports as well, right. As specialization is here to stay and it's taken off. So, um, you know, and I'm not gonna, I, 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 you know, again, I, I can't comment on what I don't know. So I, I do know that there's some, um, places that are probably selling the brand of prep school because that's a that's a that's kind of a brand at this point that may or may not be prep schools and then there's there are you know traditional prep schools that are you know going about high-powered academics so I, I as well as athletics so i mean same old thing you got to be careful when you throw stones in a glass house um i'll let other people uh, and that's what i advise just make sure you you know, just like you'd look at college and they're not one size fits all and this, that, and the other thing. I think when you look at prep school, that that's, you know, that's a pretty big onion to peel back. Absolutely. I actually, I remember having a conversation with you years ago when I was at Bridge and I was saying, man, you know, Bridge and Academy is so great, but I would love for it to be in Florida. <laughs> You know, just be, just from my own selfish, my own selfish reasons and the fact that I love that type of weather, that type of environment. And I remember you saying something along the lines of, yeah, but would it work the same? Like, would it would it have the same effect? And and, and, and I actually think about that now because we've seen um, places like IMG and um, what was the, what's the other place in Florida? Um I'm thinking of right uh, now. DME is down there. Yeah. And then right. in Georgia, there's a there's a couple places that are skill factory in Georgia that's popped up. Um yeah. where you you've got you you've got these these programs that are in locales that are probably you know more more attractive, but because of like where they're where they're located at, but I think like the thought process switched because where it used to be, hey, you know what? You can send them to this to this prep school in New England, where their all their focus is going to be just on the sport and academics because there's nothing really else to do. You can just lock lock into that. Then you have the other side where a kid may just be looking for that basketball experience and isn't really looking for maybe some of the other stuff and. And so now they have those as options as well. I think it goes to what you're saying, where it, there is no, there is no cookie cutter way of getting this thing done. And so, what works for everybody? I mean, what works for one person might not work for everybody. And so, giving these young men and women options is it, always going to be a, a, a good thing because if the if the if the end goal is to have you know, these young men have the best experience or young women have the best experience for them, then that's what we've got. So, um, but obviously it makes the, it, it probably makes the job a little bit more difficult for you because now you have more competition um, that are doing this, doing similar things. Right. So there's, I mean, competition, I'm, I'm, I'm an American, right? So competition is good and 
competition has always been the case. So, um, you know, um, all you can do is really, um, you know, do the best you can with, with what you've got. And, and obviously my, our school is, tries to market itself in the best way it knows how. And to some degree, um, you know, we, we'll do the same thing with the athletic program or the basketball, but um, I, I try not to worry too much. I, I'm probably aware of what the, uh, some of what's going on, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm again, too, too far along the way to, I, I'm aware of it, but I'm not going to lose my mind over it. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't think, I think it's, I think it's pretty uh, sorry about that, but I, I think, um, you know, the only thing I'd add is, is, um, you know, if, if there's, there, there's a lot of knowledgeable basketball people out there. So if, if knowledgeable basketball people are putting their seal of approval on whatever the time it is that we're talking about, and I, mean, I think that's all that matters because, I mean, obviously knowledgeable basketball people are also people that have lives beyond basketball and understand, you know, um, education and, you know, the long-term interests of, of young men. So, I mean, that, that's, that's what I'd say, but there's no one way to do this to answer, you know, going back to your point about where places might be and this and that, it's just when someone's going about choosing, um, you know, know what you're choosing and why. So anyway, no, that's, so uh, that's it. I didn't, what are you what are you guys looking like this year up there at Bridge and how how are you how are you looking at this season so far? Well, we're pinching ourselves a little bit. Um, you know, we've uh, it's a good group of guys. Um, we're off to a good start. We've uh, won our first league game uh, with a tough Vermont Academy team. Uh, you know, game was fortunately at home probably and gave us a bit of an edge but had to come from behind there and and we went down to this showcase and um, beat uh, Sunrise Christian post-grad team, which is highly regarded, you know, well-known. Uh, and then uh, Western Reserve out of Ohio, which is, again, a terrific school and former New Hampton player and coach that's in charge down there now, Pete Hutchins. So um, came from well behind in that one and snuck out of victory. So obviously the turkey for us this week um, – it's about the best way in prep school that you can take a small break. Um, but we know that, you know, we know there's a lot of good teams out there and a lot of challenges ahead of us. So we're not going to get, we're not going to get too fat and happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's fun time in the, in the leisure household. Um, yep. the, the wife has, has her hands full with, with Bridgeton basketball, but also with, you know, Hobart. Um, basketball and and the the young Lejeune, um continuing his career this year at Hobart. How are things going down there? Going well. They they uh, you know he's a he's a fifth year senior. Kind of the benefit of both uh, COVID, but also a knee injury. So um, you know some some turnover on that team that graduated, and uh, they they just had a, a, a big win for them uh, over NYU. Uh, New York University, uh, a UAA team on, on Saturday um, after a couple of losses. So um, they're off to a positive start, but just like everybody else, uh, you know, they've got a big game up at Rochester on Tuesday. They've got a, you know, daunting league schedule 
coming ahead of them. And, um, you know, uh, as a senior, I know my son appreciates the fact that it, that's coming to an end here um, soon. And as a proud parent, uh, you know, obviously going to miss some of the most enjoyable times to, to travel with my wife and see games when I can. She's actually seen a lot more games than me over the past four years because of scheduling conflicts. But uh, I make I try to make sure my presence is known if I'm, you know, in the gym. So I'm a, I'm a loyal statesman fan and huge Steph Thompson uh, supporter. And, uh, you know, that, that uh, it's I, I, I'm an alum there. So this is reconnected to me. Uh, to the school in ways that I, I really didn't see coming at all. And that's been pretty neat too. So um, enjoying it basically. Absolutely. I, I I remember when you joked that, you know, he, he, he surpassed your records, you know, within the first couple of weeks of him being on the team. So it, it's, it's, yeah. it's been fun to watch from afar as, as he's taking this journey. I can only imagine, um, you know, being a father and getting to experience it. You got a chance to, you got a chance to coach your son for a year. How was that? How was that dynamic being able to coach your son at a level knowing you still have expectations for um yourself, your team, but also that that kind of dynamic being able to coach, you know, coach your son? Uh, you know, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I get that question a fair amount, uh, but it, it was great. I think some of the uh, uh, and and he's been asked before, and I think he he'd agree that. Uh, you know, by the time uh, his postgrad year came around, uh, any any battles we might have had over over hoops or life or something like that, um, most of those were in the rear view uh, rear view mirror. And and uh, so I would say that um, uh, you know he 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 was a really mature kid and and easy to coach in the same way that uh, you know a team full of good guys that have stayed very well connected, uh, in the time since. So, um, that was, that was nothing, um, that was nothing but fun. I coached him obviously in high school during some fall or spring, you know, uh, uh, uh seasons, I guess, if you will, you know, preseason stuff or postseason stuff, but, uh, yeah, postgrad year was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting because, now we look at Syracuse University, and I'm I'm I, I'm always I've always been a bit um, Jim Beheim fan, and getting to watch him not only coach one of his sons, but now both of his sons um, at, at the same time, because the the younger son um, came over from um, uh, Cornell. Cornell, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so now getting to coach both of his sons, and I remember us talking about um, them making that run. Um, through you know through the through the playoffs or through the tournament, excuse me, last year, and it's just how much fun it must be to take that journey and, and for him to have that 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 reinvigorating feeling of not just being a coach for God longer than I've been alive, but to also then be able to coach his sons now in that manner um, at such a high level must be must be a kick. Um, I can only I guess I can only imagine what it you know what it's like. Yeah, I, I, I obviously he's got to be enjoying the hell out of it, and from the you know, I mean, when they're winning, and then you know, probably he's been around the block enough to put it in perspective when they're not. But that's got to be a neat family thing, and 
Um, you know, side note, obviously both those guys have been prep. I mean, uh, Jimmy at New Hampton and um, Buddy at Brewster. So both are proud NEPSAC AAA, uh, you know, grads themselves. So little shout out, uh, you know, that uh, most of anyone that's ever seen my Twitter account or something like that knows I was, uh, you know, had the uh, chance to coach Bob Knightson a million years ago when I was coaching New Hampton. But um, a lot of other, you know, a lot, a lot of names you don't know have done this thing, but a lot of coaches' sons have, have gone through our league. So that's that's kind of neat. And most have gone on and done pretty well for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I you know, I and it's it's interesting too, because I, I was surprised when when the when the NBA came out with the whole you needed to have a year in, and it really gave birth to that kind of one and done that Calipari um took advantage of at Kentucky. I was surprised more players didn't didn't pull an Andre Blotch where they came to a prep school for a year removed and then made that jump to um the league. I thought I would see a lot more of that than what I saw um at the time. And even and even for Blotch, I think it was a surprise when he did it. Um but it it never seemed to catch on. Why do you think that was? Uh, I would say, you know, first of all, I, I'm not certain, so I'm not going to tell you I, I'm, I, I know, but I, I think that um, one is the kids, go, there's a school component, so wherever he goes, you know, say, um, he's going to be going to school in some fashion, so maybe there was a desire to to not do that because you've already made the decision that you're going to go to the league next and, you know, college isn't going to be part of it. Um, so maybe you're just bypassing the whole school component altogether. Um, there, there's in today's world, obviously a dollars and cents component to it, which means that, you know, someone's going to fund it either, you know, the family or the school or some other way. So there may be, there may be that issue. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I, you know, good question. There was, I mean, there was that uh, conversation that uh, that's what you might see, right? Where now we've seen a few guys go to Europe, right? And do that thing. And, you know, don't get me started on the overtime elite in this particular, which I, again, um, is, a, is a broadcast all, you know, it's a podcast all in itself. Um, but that's a new, you know, that's just a new iteration on, opportunities for young people and then how those are presented and you know then we can debate the the merits of kind of each path I, absolutely I, I yeah and i and i know we've had we've had a, a good amount of discussion about you know what path is best or what seems to benefit the player versus benefiting the institution um i think Obviously, there's still a part of branding that comes with going to college um, that we that we talked about, and maybe that's a part of, of of everything. But as we look at as we look at college, and obviously, you know, we tend to look at the college game a lot more than the professional game, just because it's so close to what we do at the prep level. Um, it doesn't. There doesn't. I. There doesn't seem anyone right now that that have an opportunity to 
um, usurp what Baylor and what Gonzaga are doing, it is are, are we looking at an opportunity for two teams to meet each other in the final again? Or do you do you foresee some team making that that rise up the ranks that we just haven't really noticed yet, or maybe it's just sitting in the wings? Um, as, as from whatever we've seen so early in a season, obviously. All right. Well, I mean, it's early, and 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 you know, so I would just tell you, I I think it's a year when um, more teams probably have a chance. I'll probably, I'll get my information once I listen to more of Jay Billis. I'll, you know, some other people that I enjoy uh, listening to and learning from, but um, I, I think there's more teams um, than last year for sure. So, uh, and you could, you know, Villanova being back with Colin Gillespie and Purdue uh, is Purdue, which means they're tough as hell. Um, and you could go, you could go, uh, that St. Bonaventure team, um, looks to me to be, um, I mean, not only a, a, an A-10, you know, leader, but a team that could do a lot of damage, uh, late year again, if, if they stay healthy and, and, and all of that after watching them play, uh, the other night, so. I think there's a I, I, I think there's a lot more teams um, fueled by the rising, you know, just dramatic uh, transfer rates and the extra years of eligibility now with COVID. So I think there's a lot of sleeping giants um, in all of college basketball. I'll say that because this isn't you know obviously our you and I have an interest division one two three so. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of sleeping giants that, frankly, I haven't done a ton of homework on, nor will I probably, but, you know, <laughs> when they come across my desk, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, get well, more educated. It's, it's interesting because I think the law, law of unintended, you know, consequences from all of this is you have an opportunity to have a lot more mature, um, basketball teams and but the but the truth is is that rarely does youth win championships um it, it's usually the case of you seeing a team that it has a lot of veteran moxie a lot of veteran presence that are able to then ascend to the championship um and and you might see a youthful team make a really good run. I mean, even even thinking back to the Fab Five, for as good as the Fab Five were, they were five freshmen that got beat by teams who had veterans on them. Um, they were five sophomores that got beat by a team who had veterans on them. And so, like, even looking back to that team, which I still say for my money was probably the best five young guys playing at one time that I've ever seen, um maybe that UNLV team um you know when they were rolling up would probably be a you know a second to me um but like like even then they they tend to not win the championship uh, when 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 you have so much youth out there so it's interesting because now there seems to be there seem to be people who are seeking the the mid major 
grad transfer guy or the 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 extra year senior guy to come in and bring in some of that veteran moxie to mix with these top 25 and top 50 and top 100 players that they're bringing in yeah so i mean i think that it, it can it can work both ways right so i mean you know same old thing uh you go back to jimmy v's uh uh famous round table talk you know when he was first coaching uh uh division one right and and that bucknell team that had you know was coming off of you know oh and 25 season or whatnot and you know say coach you got everyone back oh good i got everyone back from an oh and 25 team you know so i mean experience counts a lot but it only counts for so much and then uh there's probably only so many young guys that could win a championship at the level you're talking about right and so duke has done it and coach cal's done it and some other people have been really competitive with freshmen um but i think for most of the college landscape the coaches know that uh their model right is, is gonna have to be a little bit different so experience you know you're getting every uh experienced player you can uh is is you know the way to go so um i think that's what they do but at the end of the day look at you know talent you know you you need a you need a certain level of talent whether the talent is younger or whether the talent's older you know you need talent and then you need to get guys to work together and work hard and do all that stuff so I'm I'm interested. I'm interested in that because I I think I think a lot of times what I, what I've never understood about the NBA is the NBA, which is predicated on we really need results right now because my job's on the line. Will forgo a a lot of times will overlook a talent that has been in college for a few years for a talent that they feel like hasn't maximum. You know what I'm saying hasn't hasn't reached their full potential. Meanwhile, letting that that seasoned, experienced talent go to better teams, therefore not allowing them to have a fall off like some of these other teams. It, it seems to be a flawed logic in you know in in my mind. I I feel like that has trickled down to the the college ranks now, where you see teams chasing after. Well, before before recent events, obviously, um, you saw teams chasing after the young, you know, hot talent. Meanwhile, these teams with vet veterans were constantly making runs in, deep into the playoffs um, or deep into the tournament. And so it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested in that and how that's going to play out. But I'm also interested in what they're doing at Purdue because Purdue is – they're attempting to zig when everybody else is zagging. They 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 have they have a couple bigs there. They're putting both of them on the court, and they're saying we're just going to bludgeon you to death with these twos, and then you know, um, see if you can hit enough threes to 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 try to counteract what we're doing. They they seem to go to go against where where the new age of basketball is going or am or are they still doing it and it's just like a facade maybe they're still following that layup yeah three-pointer model 
but they're just doing it with two bigs on the court instead of just driving to to make layups. Well, um, I, I haven't seen a ton. I've just seen a little, and and then um, knowing some of what I know about Matt Painter's teams, uh, he's like it, it's it's not a it's not old school basketball. This is this is modern basketball. He's playing. Uh, the two bigs from what I've seen aren't on the floor at the same time. So what he's got is a rare level of sacrifice on both kids' parts where, uh, A, uh, they're making each other better, right? Each guy, which I've, I've seen a few quotes from uh, both guys. So, uh, you know, they're they're going up against – you know, a future pro and, and someone who's a little bit different than them. So they're kind of getting that chance at something they need. Uh, so that's making them better individually. But then as a team, my God, I mean, most teams uh, would die for either one of them on their roster. So I guess my point is uh, Matt Painter has recruited two talented guys um, and, uh, rather than, than transfer or be upset or pout or something like that, because you're not getting every minute, right. Um, everyone has put team first, which again, I think Purdue is kind of known for, and a lot of people are known for, but that's, that's why it's working because it's the old school value of team ahead of self. And, um, you know, and, and, and if the team wins, it's true that everybody wins. So those guys will be fine. Their, their talents and efforts are going to take them to exactly where, you know, they need to be when the time comes, I think. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because when you, when you're able to have a, a dominant guy inside, which I still, I still contend is, is invaluable in basketball, even though people try to go away from it, I don't really care how you get to it. You need a you need somebody that can be dominant inside. But when you have someone that can be dominant inside, and then you can put that person on the bench, and the person that is replacing them, or maybe slightly overlap a little bit when they when they want to, can essentially give you similar you know similar production, even if it's in a different way. Like it, it's it's hard to come it's it's hard to combat, and you've seen it early on in in these games against high level opponents where they've just been able to 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 just put up more points than than those other teams have. yeah so it's kind of vintage purdue because i i think they're known for you know kind of punishing people and you know physical brand of ball which is kind of the big 10 and uh, so now this is just kind of that on on steroids almost but um uh, but you I know, mean, it's going to be fun to see it. It's going to be fun to see it play out. Look at I think there's only um, there's only so many bigs that are that good that can you know be the kind of presence you're talking about. Um, and and obviously this kind of gets it over to analytics um, to where you know I mean at a certain point efficient two points or that sort of thing or defense versus offensive things. I mean at a certain point that that you know, there, there's a plus minus to all that. So, um, but there's only so many is my, is, is my suggestion that with the, the game today, um, 
not everyone is either of those two guys, you know, they're, they're talented. Well, and, and that, but that, and that's the thing is I think for, for a while we had, we had a situation. I mean, I think we still have it where big gets, big gets you or tall gets you recruited more than it probably should. And you end yeah, up. Yeah, I disagree with that. But you think you think so? Because I feel like we, there's a lot of feel like there's a lot of know, really you, tall stiffs rolling around college basketball right now. No, right, because I mean the bottom line is uh, when they go go into college, whether they're 18 or 19 years old, you you just are you you don't know. You know, you can recruit all you want, just like at the professional level, they can spend all the money they want with their uh, you know with their beat scouts and and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's inexact, and you don't know who's going to pan out. You're you're trying to test, you know, you're trying to measure character with with whatever profile test you're you're using, uh, but you don't know. And so, you uh, to play college basketball, say at any level, but let's go to the highest level. I think you need a certain amount of size, and and if and if you know going in that you're not going to shoot a hundred percent. Right. Then basically, uh, I think a lot of colleges would probably say, look, if I if we have this guy for four or five years and they can give us two good years, like where they're really ready to get a lot, be productive players, then that's good. That's development. That's player development. I think that's what they're doing. Now, the guys that come in that are ready immediately. Now, that's you know, that's gravy and. Again, I think there's only so many of those guys, but uh, but in order to do what I'm talking about, um, you know, you 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 you're gonna miss. So you have to take chances, and those I'm saying the chances are the guys you're calling the, you know, the guys that can't walk and chew gum. But um, I know when I was at New Hampshire as a Division One coach, uh, assistant coach, um, you know, our head guy Jimmy Boylan, who played uh, guard for. Al McGuire's championship team in 77. Um, there was no one better than Jimmy, too. So there's a little bit of a, you know, shameful plug. Um, you know, he, we had a bunch of guys running around on our roster, like 17, 18 guys. And I was coming fresh out of prep school, and, you know, team guy, 12, 13 guys. And, you know, we're starting practice with all these guys. I'm like, Jimmy, really? Like, you know, why don't we just trim trim this down a little bit? And, eh, you know, well, we don't need to do that just yet and this and that. And the bottom line, because he was patient and kind of understood more than I did, um, one of those guys uh, ended up being a two-year all-league player, starter on, you know, a couple of the best New Hampshire teams in history. Um, and, again, you would have said, well, geez, he can't play, but he just needed time to develop. So that that's you know that's kind of my comeback. Not ev- not everyone is going to develop and become something, but you got to you got to kind of recruit size and bulk if you catch my drift. And 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 again, I think this is where we we tend to differ on the thought process because I believe you need size, but I believe you need effective size. And unfortunately in the world we live in now, not everybody's afforded time. And so, like, if you get a job um, at a at a program, it used to be dependent upon what program you were in. They, you would have time, but now you see guys that are two years and gone at 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 mid major programs who've never really been 
consistent winners. And you're like, okay, well, if that guy's not getting time, then, you know, Hubert Davis isn't going to get time at North Carolina. You know, like, yeah, like, I have no, yeah. So it's so, so when, when I, when I look at all of the talent that I see and I see some of these kids that end up at programs and you're like, how did that guy end up at that program? He's really, really good. And you're like, well, you know, he's kind of a tweener. He doesn't really have a position. And, and in my brain, I go, well, everything we've been seeing in the game has, has seemed to transition to positionless basketball where if you've got guys who, who, who can, who can D up and, and are, and are, are tough mofos and can, you know, put the ball in the cup. What, what, what are we doing with these guys who we're just trying to get to be able to turn around and, 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 and make a layup, you know what I'm saying? So just, just because he's 6'10". Yeah. Know? Well, you, but you just, you said it earlier. You, you said you, you want a big guy though. So you got, you know, so which, which, which one is it? You, you want to have yeah, one, I mean, but not at the, but not at the, I want to have right, one, so, but not at the, not at the, um. And I, and I'm just telling you that. Five killer though, you know. Right. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, again, every every coach is going to recruit to a philosophy. So these guys are, are smart guys and hardworking guys. And uh, they know the uh, they, they probably know uh, kind of the framework of the contract they've signed and who they're working for and all that stuff. So uh, they've got important decisions to make. But um, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, most are going to, you know, it's just, it's a high risk business. So you're going to, you know, you're going to take a chance somewhere and, and probably coaches vary. Like there are going to be coaches uh, going to your thing that probably won't worry at all about bigs because they are completely positionless, versatile and, and all of that. And that's great. And then there are coaches that are going to be cookie cutter, you know, one through five positions, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, um, Right, coaches that recruit to a system, coaches that are going to adopt to to what they got a little bit. So I think there's a lot of factors in in uh, cooking the bacon. Yeah, I mean, bacon. There's cooking bacon. There's there's cooking beer. Um, oh, oh. Apparently, I, I I heard heard that you know you know um, the the wife was out cooking deer at some point, like. Tell us the story, man. I heard, I heard about it. I couldn't. I said, "Hey, just save yeah. it, save it for the pod." Tell us what's going on. So, what happened? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think my wife is still suffering from uh, post-traumatic deer syndrome. Uh, <laughs> it's no, uh, no disrespect at all to any of the armed services or anything like that, or people that you know. So, but this is a new level of uh, PTSD. It's actually post-traumatic deer syndrome. So. Um, on our way to see our son play their opening game of the year, uh, two weekends ago, I guess, uh, you know, go in the speed limit or maybe a few miles an hour faster than that. Uh, but my wife was driving, and, you know, she's not afraid to go, uh, you know, headed upstate New York and coming over the crest of a hill. And suddenly, you know, we're looking eyeball to eyeball with a good sized uh, deer, you know, good size, very good size. So, my wife, the champ, went left, and as you, some people may know, the deer kind of moved to the left with us, and she kind of came back right, and deer kind of moved with us on that too. And next thing you know, he took the best charge I've ever seen. 
me. That that deer <laughs> took that damn thing. Oh, full in the chest, right? Just oh, right in the chest, dead right center. Right uh, right split right. split our darn car, and 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 you know that we. I've had a lot of you know. Glad we were both all right. My wife was unbelievable driving. Um, you know, uh, we both later said, "Hey, did you see what I see?" And we recounted that moment of impact or just really just before impact when everything slows down, which it did. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I was telling the story to a buddy of mine today. Look it, I have no idea why the police officer found no deer by the side of the road, like, or didn't see any evidence. Uh, we had, we had to get off the crest of the hill down to the flat, maybe a thousand yards or something. But yeah, he didn't see any deer. When he didn't see any deer, he was kind of looking at us funny, maybe, to, you know, make sure that we weren't a couple of, you know, old fogies at making up some story or something. Um, I asked the, uh, the, the tow truck guy that had to come, hey, any chance you saw, saw a deer back there? You know, and, and he told me, yeah, you know, those deer have been known to get up and walk away. I said, God damn. Like, I mean, wow. that deer we hit so got up and walked that's, away. That's the LeBron James of deer then. Clearly. No, no. The, the, yeah, I, I, I want to know. I mean, I, I want right. to know. We, My wife and I saw that deer explode in front of our face. We saw blood to which there was absolutely none uh, on the car or on the roadside as best we could tell. Uh, no deer parts sitting in our car, although I will call the auto body shop to say, look at, please tell me you like found a little something inside the grill. Uh, no, like nothing. So uh, that's interesting. That's that. Yeah. First time for me. So a lot of people have hit deer, deer hit people. I learned like deer just as more often, I guess, run in and hit the side of your car. But this one must have known it was a hoop coach uh, coming. And he said, look, it, I am going to show you what a good charge looks like. And that guy took it. Okay, and, and got up and walked away. So I'm, you know, going to tell my team, like, here, listen, here's the way you take a charge. Well, Just that's like a interesting because I and, and and every everybody knows how much I love your wife and shout out to Mary Beth for for handling that situation like a pro. Um, but I heard that there may have been, you know, some some maneuvering of the car so that you know, the, the deer was right lined up and maybe it was a little bit of pre-deer hunting season going on where Mary uh -huh. may have been, you know, looking to, to seek out and that the reason that there was no body found is because nobody checked your trunk. I'm not saying if it's true or not. <laughs> no. Well, all I'm telling you, yeah, I, I would just, I'm, look at I'm the guy in charge of the grill and I'm not sure I'm, I'm the guy for venison, so. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I, I, I will testify that the, there's no truth to the rumor that we were out hunting deer. And since we, we're not a gun toting family, right? Um, you know, we weren't out there hunting deer with our car. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear both of you are, are still here with us. And, you know, I'm glad to hear that possibly the deer is still here with us. I think that I think the deer is with us. Wow. Which is amazing, you know. When you think, do you, you think? And I'm I, think not the, a hunter, I think the, yeah. I'm not a hunter, so I don't. But I've heard stories about deer not getting hit in the right place, and then kind of going off and passing away somewhere else. You think maybe it might be a, a situation like that where the deer was able to kind of get itself together, but ended up maybe dying in the woods somewhere, and that's why nobody found it. 
I, I hope not, you know, and I'm not a, again, I'm, I'm, I hope not. I, I, I will, I think good thoughts for that deer. Like I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I just hope not. Like I hope that deer is just the toughest SOB going, which seemingly he was. And, and, uh, bottom line, we're both, uh, live to tell about it, man. Yeah. I mean, first team, all difference. I mean, for sure. Um, yep. Definitely all deer fence on that, and and glad that you and Mary Beth are okay with all all jokes aside. Um, but it is a it is a fascinating story that no deer was found like anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah, no, and no blood that we saw both. But uh, you know, maybe there was I don't know momentary shock involved in both of our parts. So I I don't know, but uh, I think that deer's brought good things you know i mean again added gratefulness but like you've already said about you know boy there's things can change in a moment so you, you know that it's another chance to reflect on that and um you know i don't know uh, so, funny things have happened funny things have happened since we hit that deer that's all i'm gonna say so hey you know it's okay you know you hit the deer and then brish and went out and started like waxing people all over the place so maybe yeah. You know, maybe, maybe there's a small, you know, sacrifice to the to the to yeah. the basketball guys up there. They, they gave you another shot to do this thing. Um, looking forward to maybe. a great season. Um, you know, up there at BA. I know um I know that you're 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 optimistic about the season, feeling good about it, despite you know, um things. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing what happens with um Hobart and Jack's season. It's gonna be a, a, a obviously a really competitive year all across division three. And we'll talk more about it as we, as we um, start to get into this thing, because I think all three, well, I mean, even, even in AI, it's just going to be crazy. It's so much talent out there um, at yep. every yep. level. Um, it's really going to be interesting to see these things play out. And I know you're interested in it as much as I'm um, interested in there's, there's BA alumni all over the place um, playing, playing basketball and, and football and baseball and hockey and anything else that, that has a yep. you know has a ball or a puck um, attached yep. to it, so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this college basketball season. We're going to have to have a conversation about Chet Holgram, um, okay. who looks like the real deal, um, but I don't know if he's the the real college deal and and not necessarily the real. NFL deal. That'll be a we'll we'll have to have that conversation when we get a little bit more um a little bit more look at him at the college level. But he looks yeah. good early on. Happy to Yeah, we gotta have we'll we'll have a lot of conversations. I know that and and uh you know we'll we'll get past Thanksgiving. So I want to tell everyone happy Thanksgiving. Um it is a great time of year, like you you kick this thing off, so um you know this, Gene, but happy to be doing this with you. That that's, a lot. I, I, I'm hoping we have a lot of fun and we'll get this thing going. So um, absolutely, we'll have to talk. Is there is there an ambitious um, Christmas schedule on the on on the horizon for you again this year? Or no, I, I think uh, you know the uh, Mary Beth is still putting our plans together. Um, you know, so we'll get through our uh, you know a little. Uh, basketball tournament right before the holidays that uh, we'll be going to and then and then uh, figuring it out so thanksgiving is a home game this year for us uh with some family coming to on the road to you know 
that, that's nice to be playing against family in your own house once in a while, you know? Um, yeah. And then, and then, uh, uh, the uh, Christmas one, we, we've got to, we've got to make some final arrangements. We've got a few, few different, uh, things we're, we're cooking up. So it's all going to be here pretty quick though. I know that this year is going fast. I don't know if it's going fast for you, but man, it's going fast. It is, it is definitely going fast for me. I swear I just looked up in the school year. It just started, and now we're already at um, Thanksgiving break. And so um, I echo what, what Coach Witt is talking about, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Um, make sure that, you know, you tell the people that, that you love, that you love them every chance you get because you never know when it, when it might be the last time you see them. Um, and, and really appreciate the people that, that mean a lot to your lives. Um, and, and Coach Witt, let me say, I, I, you've always been a, um, a, a great friend, a great advisor. You and Mary Beth have always been um, great to me, and I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm looking forward to, to, going on this, to going on this podcast journey with you, and, and I'm sure we'll, yeah. we'll have some fun doing it. Well, we, we talked about it a long time. You know that. It goes back, and, and you're not the only one, but you're one of the first to say that uh, many, many years ago when you were here and you said, you know, there's a there's a good Netflix uh, show to come out of Bridgeton. You know, there's a good – there's got to be a reality series there. And, and then uh, 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 what's the – what's the – you know, come on, my mind's blank in here, but what's the what's – the Like a 30 for 30. Sport? Like well, no, but but then the uh, what what about the the coaches and the the JUCO football and oh, um, like a um like a last chance you yeah yeah last chance you yeah. I mean if ever that yeah yeah so I I I don't know you know uh, I don't I don't think uh, I I don't think the prep world is is last chance prep I'm not I'm not saying that but I mean the fact that there's um, you know the kinds of storylines uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that there's common ground there when you know when you're talking about young people and fluid environments and changing lives and and all of that but my point is that you were you were talking about that you know 20 years ago for god's sake here and and um you know and and jeff goodman and i shout out to jeff goodman jeff goodman and i uh, talked about it before i even knew what a podcast was and you know before he became a national uh, media guy. And, um, so I'm, you know what, all things in time. So a little slow to the punch here, but I'm, I'm with the right guy. I'm happy to be with you. You know, our family enjoyed our longstanding relationship with you. So, uh, we're, we're happy to do this thing. Absolutely. We'll have to, we'll have to get this thing, this thing going with some, with some gin and tonics in hand soon, um, to really make it official, make it, make it feel like it should feel. Um, that's but, probably the summer version. That's probably the summer <laughs> version, but not, not that's the, true. That's true. It's it's too cold for gin and tonic right now. It's, it's yeah, it is. Good. Well, it, in New England, in New England, in Maine, it is. I can I can assure you of that. So absolutely, so. absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know that's that's been our first show um, for the day, Coach Witt, um, Coach Clemens here. We, we we definitely make sure that you check us out anywhere that you're going to find a podcast at. Um, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, all of the all the places that you'll find a podcast at, and we'll definitely be back next week. Give you more. We'll have to get into some of those, um, a, a few of those, a few of those, those conversations about some of the Christmas um, trips 
that that we've taken over the years. So that'll be fun to do. Sounds good. All right. All right. Hey, until next time, I've been Coach Gene Clemens. That's Coach Witt, British Academy. Y'all have a great one.